Well, good morning. How is 11 a.m. today? Woo! I am just so excited that God showed up during the worship set this morning because all the pressure's off of me now. Y'all have already received from the Lord, so if you don't get anything from my message, y'all are still good to go. So give it up. Um, I'm so excited. Um, and also, um, I know the time is already 12, but I promise I will be short and sweet and to the point. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, for those of you watching online or I see some new faces, uh, my name is Amanda. Me and my husband are the student pastors here. We meet on Wednesday nights at 7. So if you have a student, 6th through 12th grade, and they're not coming on Wednesday nights, they need to start coming. Um, usually me and Ben alternate on who speaks so they get to hear from both of us. Um, but I feel like that song, I Won't Back Down, if we're completely honest, this year, that hasn't really been our motto. Um, you know, so much stuff has been thrown at us this year. We're ready to back down. We're like, God, you know, we'll do whatever it takes just to get through this year, just to get through all this. So we're willing to back down. We've been wore down, um, and we're tired, and we're weary. Um, we faced many obstacles, and I think through a lot of this stuff, um, we've kind of gotten kicked into like a survival mode. Um, an animal, when they get in survival mode, literally their job, their instinct is to survive. They will do anything it takes to survive. All they're worried about is keeping themselves alive. Um, and I think for us, that's what's happened to us. We've got kicked into a survival mode. Um, whether it was in March when all that craziness happened, um, for some reason in survival mode, apparently we all need toilet paper. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that is included in what we need to survive, but we've gotten into survival mode. We focus on what we need. We're worried about all the stuff that we need. Um, and it's important, you know, it is important to make yourself and your family a priority, but I think we haven't made the church a priority. We haven't made the people around us a priority. We've made ourselves the only priority. Um, and I think during this time, we got to be looking out to see those around us that need help. There are lots of broken. There are a lot of people that don't have the hope of Jesus that we have. There are a lot of people that don't get to hear and worship with Jesus on Sunday. They don't know. They're missing out. And it is our job as a church, as a Christian, as a disciple to go out and be the church to our communities and to the ones that we're around. Um, but I think during this series, God is just really wanting us to self-evaluate. Um, if we've went through this pandemic series, normally during our summer concert series, um, we really reach out to invite people. We're really trying to find the lost and really um, present the gospel. Um, and of course, we always want to do that as a church. But I feel like during this series, um, God has taken it in a different direction. Every message that we have heard, we've really been talking to the church. We've been talking to the followers. Um, and I think this message goes right along with that. I believe that a revival is on the way. I believe God is about to move in our nation, in our community. I think God's ready to move. Um, but I think a lot of us aren't ready for God to move. We haven't prepared our hearts. We haven't prepared our minds. Um, and I think this message today, hopefully, and the worship today, I think God just is really just trying to push us to prepare, to be, waking up, to be woken up and see what God wants to do, to be a part of what the revival that God is wanting to bring to our communities. There are so many during this time that they have just been lost. They've suffered with depression. They've just been living in fear. And as Christians, we don't, we don't have to do that. We get to live in peace. We get to live in joy. But our responsibility and our job as, as well is to go out and to share the gospel with others, to share that hope that we have with others. Um, so during today, that's my main point. I really just want us to get that we need to go out and be the light to the world. Um, a lot of times, if it doesn't fit into our schedule, if it doesn't fit into our 
um, what we want to do, we don't make it a priority. And a lot of times God doesn't fit into our schedule. Serving God, going out um, and sharing the gospel or just being kind to someone doesn't fit into our plans for the day. Um, And I think we need to step back and look at the priorities that we have in our lives. Look at um, what our goals are during the day. Where are we looking at throughout the day? What is your priority? What are your goals? Are you just trying to stay alive? Are you just trying to make it through? Are we looking to see where God wants to use you? Are you looking to see how you could be used during this pandemic? Because I believe everybody in this room has a purpose. Everybody in this room has been given a voice by God. It's not that you have to go out and share your entire testimony every time you see somebody, but I do believe he wants you to go out and share the hope, to share that they don't have to live in um, just worry and fear, that there is a peace. So, but take a step back. Take some time to self-evaluate and see where your priorities lie. Again, we do need to make our health and ourselves a priority. Our relationship with God should be a priority, but we have made ourselves the only priority. We have to go and be a priority to the other people, to the lost. Um, I want to look at Matthew five fourteen through 16, and it's on the screen. 9 a.m. didn't get this, so y- y'all are lucky you came. You slept in, and now you're awake. Hopefully, y'all can read it. I'm going to read it off of here. This is Matthew 5, 14 through 16. I'm in the NLT translation. Um, It says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You are the light of the world. And that is what he's saying to y'all. You are a light of the world. And my first point is very simple. You've probably all heard this. Be a light. We are called to be a light. We are called to be a light in the darkness. We are called to be a light to those at our workplace. We are called to be a light to even the people within our church. We are called to be a light. And my husband said this analogy was a little cheesy, but I brought it anyway, and I needed it for the 9 a.m. because it was dark. I brought a flashlight. Um, If you don't know me very well, I like corny jokes. I'm just a cheesy person. So if you don't like my analogy, sorry. Um, I I thought it was good. I thought it was from the Lord. Um, But we have this flashlight. But a lot of times we get kicked into that survival mode. We know that we are called to be a light. We know that we are a light. And a lot of us believe that we are a light. But because we're in that survival mode, because we're worried about just making it through, just staying alive, just getting through 2020, we don't ever turn our light on because we're worried about this battery. We're afraid that the battery is going to run dead. We're in survival mode, so we got to save it till we really need it. We can't just use it just to every person we see. We can't just be nice to everybody. we got to save that kindness. we got to conserve it. But the thing is, when you turn this light on and you begin to use it, you realize you are strengthened by the light, and then it's not just run on batteries. This light is solar powered. It is powered by the sun, the sun, Jesus Christ. We are powered by the Jesus. And when you begin, thank you. 9 a.m. didn't give me very much. I appreciate it so much. Y'all are a lot more fun to talk to. Um, but that, that's the mindset that we get in. We, we know we're called to these things. We know that we have a calling. We know that God has chosen us. We know that we have a light inside of us, but we're so consumed on conserving our energy. We're so consumed on just making it through that we don't shine that light. But, but when you begin to serve, when you begin to share the gospel, when you begin to share with others and use that light, you realize that your strength doesn't come from yourself. Your strength comes from the Holy Spirit. Your strength comes from God. And that's when, we, that's when we get past that tiredness. That's when we get past that weariness and that's that days of getting through it all. 
when we are focused on him, when we are being used by him, that's where we get our energy. That's where we get our strength. Our strength and hope comes from a well that will never run dry. When we begin to use this light, you realize it's solar powered. You are powered by the sun. When we are filled up by him, we are overflowing in abundance. We are overflowing in joy. We are overflowing in peace. We have everything that we need. We have everything that we need. And the thing is, we have what this world needs. You have what this world needs. You have what your coworkers at work need. You have what the students surrounding you at school needs. You have that. And it is our responsibility, it is our job to get out of the survival mode and to get into the I will not back down mode, to get where you will stand your ground. You are ready to share the light no matter what anyone else says. You are ready to share the gospel, to keep on working no matter what, because you are ready for revival. I am ready to see a revival just take over our nation. I am ready to watch God work, and I believe he is. But it takes us. It takes us going and doing the work, us going and being the church. Um, Today we're going to look in Scripture. We're going to look at Peter. Um, most of you guys have heard of him. He is one of the 12 disciples. Um, and a lot of times we kind of look at the negative side of him. He's the one who denied Jesus. Um, and we're going to look at that um, story today and then just kind of talk about some of the things that he did. Um, so this is Luke 22, 31 through 34. Um, if you have a Bible, you can follow along on here. Um, This is verse 31. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And my second point is we need more than good intentions. We need more than good intentions. I think a lot of us are in the same boat as Peter. When we get in this environment on Sundays after a good worship set, we are energized. We are ready to go and share the gospel. We're ready to do whatever God says. Just what Peter said. He's like, I would even die for you. I'm willing to go to prison for you. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. But then we get out of this Sunday set and then life happens. We start Monday back and we have work. We have all these responsibilities, all these things that we have to do a part of life. All the weight of our kids not acting right. Whatever it is, we have that weight. And those good intentions just kind of get pushed to the side. We kind of forget about those because we have to do all these other responsibilities. Um, But I think our job, our responsibility is to move past those good intentions. Move past the, I want to do good but here's all this that happened and begin to put actions to where we want to serve. Um, and I think once we take those steps, it's, sometimes it's hard to take those steps, take those leaps of faith. But once we do that, that's when we begin to see God move. That's when we get to see revival. We get to see God move in our church and our families. We have to follow through with these actions. We keep on reading. Oh, I put that in too early. Ignore that. That's, my, that's, that's like my one, that's my one planned joke. So let's just hold on to that. Um, This is verse 54, I hope. Um, So they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home, and Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around, and Peter joined them there. My third point, and I know I got through these points really fast. They're a little misleading. Um, I'm I'm short, but not this short. So we we got a little more, so don't get too excited. Um, But the third one, don't allow isolation to make you feel alone. And I'll explain this a little more because it's a little wordy. Um, 
But in this story, what had happened is Jesus had been arrested, um, and then, you know, all the disciples were in panic. They really didn't understand what was happening. But Peter decided to follow behind them, kind of hide in the shadows, and just see what is happening. Um, And Peter ended up being alone. He was by himself. He was isolated. But that doesn't mean that he was alone. Even though his physical state, he was by himself, he was alone. That doesn't mean that he was by himself. He still had the disciples. He still had Jesus. Um, And a lot of times, we get to the point where we think we're alone. We think that nobody else is on our side. The enemy likes to use those tactics. Maybe in quarantine, you felt like you were by yourself. No one else felt that way. You had no support system. Um, But that's a lie. First of all, we always have the Holy Spirit inside of us. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit guiding and directing you. You are never alone. And also, you have the support of this church body. And it is um, our duty and our job to find, to reach out to people in this church. A lot of times, you know, we just kind of go on Sundays and we just kind of go through the motions. But I want to challenge you. I, I want to urge you to be praying about who in this church body could need just a text saying that you're praying for them. I cannot tell you every time we get a text from just somebody random saying we're praying for us. It means so much to know that somebody is on our team. Somebody is praying for us. Somebody is thinking about us. And we need that. The mental health during quarantine, there's been so many studies talked about the mental health, um, just being in quarantine, depression and anxiety, just all of that is through the roof right now. If you know that you're prone to depression and anxiety, if you've been struggling with that, I encourage you just to reach out to somebody in this church. Find a Christian friend, whoever it may be, and find someone to confide in. Because the biggest tactic the enemy wants to do is to make you feel that you're alone, to make you feel like no one else feels that way. You're the only one going through that, and that is a lie. You are not alone. You may physically feel isolated. You may physically not see anybody around you, but you have a church body that is ready to pray with you, ready to support you, and ready to walk through anything that you are facing. Let's keep on with the story. So verse 56, um, a servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus's followers, but Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he's a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you were talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly the Lord's words flashed flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard and wept bitterly. That's one of the saddest scriptures to me. When Peter leaves the courtyard and wept bitterly. And the reason why is he, he had a heart for God. He had a heart to serve. He was ready to die. He was ready to do all these things. He had these good intentions. But when it came down to it, fear crept in. Worrying about being alone and isolated, worrying about being by himself. Um, allowed that to creep in, and he denied Jesus. Um, And it breaks my heart, because I feel like Peter often gets a bad rap. A lot of times, you know, we think, all you had to do was say, yes, I know Jesus. All you had to do was just say yes. Um, But we kind of take ourselves out of context of that situation. He had just watched his best friend been arrested. He didn't know what was, he was afraid of what was going to happen to Jesus. He didn't know what was about to happen. And then if he said that he knew Jesus, he probably would have been arrested too. He probably would have been beaten and killed as well. So he was in fear. He was scared for his life. He was scared of what was going to happen. And I think a lot of times 
We don't intentionally deny Jesus. We don't get up in the morning and say, oh, I'm, I'm just gonna ignore God today. I'm just gonna do my life. I'm gonna forget everything and just go through the motions. We don't intentionally put God on the back burner. We don't intentionally um, get so tired and just so busy that all we can focus about is making it through the next day. But that's, that's what happens. We get tired, we get exhausted. Um, and now I can find my meme. Nobody's back there, so I'll go back for you. I, it's not that funny, but I liked it. Um, it says, when you haven't even gone to sleep yet and you already can't, wa- can't wait to come home from work tomorrow. Is that anybody in here? Like, I remember when I was working, I would be so exhausted. Um, I'm luckily a stay-at-home mom now. Um, but I used to be a teacher, and that is just exhausting. I'm gonna, I don't know how to get away from that now. Um, it's only good for like a second. But I was so exhausted. I would literally, we'd come to church on Sunday, and then Sunday night, we'd get ready for the week. We'd do our meals for the week, get our lunches ready, and then Monday through Thursday, you literally would just keep your head down. You would just try to make it through the work day, get home, go to sleep, wake up, do it all again. By Thursday, you know, it's, it's almost the weekend. I can kind of come up and breathe for air. I'm almost survived. Friday, hallelujah, we made it through. Then we rest on Saturday, we come to church on Sunday, and then we go through it all again on Monday. Every week, that's, that's our weeks. The majority of us in this room, you may not be dreaming about bed the next day like I was, but we're exhausted. We're just trying to get through. We're just trying to get by. We're not worried about what God has planned for us. We're not worried about all these other things making a difference. We're just trying to not be tired. We're just trying to not be exhausted. We're just trying to get through the next week. And I just wanna encourage you this morning to stop and take the time to look at your priorities. Stop and take the time to see where you could be used right now. I know everyone has a lot of things they wanna get to. You Maybe you have another job you wanna get to. Or maybe you're just ready to get out of school and be done with school. Or you're just facing a lot of trials right now at home. Whatever you're facing, we all wanna kind of fast forward and just get through it. I wanna get through 2020 and be done with COVID. I'm not enjoying it. But take a moment to reevaluate your priorities. See where God could use you now. It's eventually gonna be done. You're eventually gonna be through this storm. You're eventually gonna have energy and joy again. But in this moment, how could God use you? In this time, how is God gonna use you? Are you just gonna keep going by, just keeping your head down, just making it through, not being a light, not making a difference, not showing the people the goodness of God that you've experienced? There's people all around you that don't have that hope. There's people all around you that don't have that peace. We as Christians, we we struggle at times. We struggle with depression and anxiety. We struggle with fear and worry. Can you imagine what somebody that doesn't have the hope of Jesus struggles with? Can you imagine what faces them in the day-to-day? It is our job as disciples of Jesus. It is our job as followers. It is our job as the church to go out and to share this hope, to share this light that we have been given, to share that there is peace and there is joy. There's a lot of things we could fast forward through right now, the election year, school, your current job, whatever it is. We could all fast forward. We could all just get through this year, but no one's gonna be changed. The gospel isn't gonna be taken to our communities. We're not gonna see the addicts set free. We're not gonna see what we've been praying for because we're just trying to get by. So this morning, I just wanna challenge you. Reevaluate your priorities. Begin to look and to see how God could use you right now in your community, how he could use you at home. There's a lot of moms that are at home homeschooling right now. How could you use that as an opportunity? It's hard. It's not fun. It's not a fun season. I don't know if anybody's enjoying this year. 
God can bring purpose back to this year, but we have to choose to look to him. We have to choose to be used by him. We, if we continue on with the story, um, most of us know that Jesus was resurrected. Hallelujah, awesome. Um, but he appeared to the disciples. One thing I didn't know, you guys may be smarter than me and already knew this, um, but he actually appeared to Peter before he did the other disciples. And I think that is so cool just to show who Jesus is, this kid, the character of Jesus. He knew that Peter had denied him. He knew probably all the emotions that Peter was going through. And because of his love, because of how much he cared for him, he appeared to him first. Um, it talks about this in 1 Corinthians um, 15, 5. Because he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And there's another verse, um, I believe in John, that says I didn't include it. Um, but I think P Jesus appeared to him to remind him that he had been forgiven, that he still had a job to do. Just because he had forsaken him, just because he had denied him, doesn't mean that God was done with him. It doesn't mean that he's just pushed off to the side. And I believe that is what he has for you today. Maybe you have failed. Maybe you have not made him a priority. Maybe you've never really stepped out in faith and followed him. But I think this morning is a good place to start. I think today is a good place to realign those priorities. It's a good place just to see how you could be used a little bit more by him. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but in Luke twenty-two thirty-two, this is when Jesus was telling Peter that he was gonna deny him. He actually already forgave him. He already told him that he was gonna be forgiven. It says, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Your faith should not fail. I think that's what he's saying to us today. Our faith should not fail. Even when we mess up, because we are all gonna mess up if we're real in this room today. Even when we sin, even when we deny him, even when we don't make him a priority, it says your faith should not fail. Your faith can still be used. He still wants to use you. He still counts you as good. He still counts you as someone who is worthy to bring the gospel to this community. He still counts you as someone that is worthy. Because when you have repented and turned to me, strengthen your brothers. I think this shows that all Christians need to show this to our world. Repent and then strengthen your brothers. Repent and strengthen your brothers. It's okay if you've messed up. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what this looks like. What matters is what you do from those mistakes. Peter made a mistake. He denied Jesus. But that's not, that's not really the main point. That's not really what mattered. What mattered is Peter messed up and then he said, oh, Jesus, I need you, I repent. And then he went and did the work. He went and did what God had called him to do. He was one of the, he was one of the main disciples who brought Christianity to this world. He went out and shared what Jesus had done, shared who Jesus was. And that's our job. It doesn't matter what our past looks like. It doesn't matter what we have done, what we do now. And I think it's important to realize right now, the enemy is trying to divide us. He is trying to divide us. There are so many areas right now where we are being forced to make a choice, whether it's mask or no mask. When you're election, you're Republican or Democrat. Social media is always trying to divide us and bring arguments that are unnecessary. There's riding in the streets. This world is full of division. But here's what we need to understand. We're in a spiritual battle. It's not just the people going crazy and fighting and all these different sides. There's a spiritual battle. The enemy is trying to divide us. The enemy doesn't want a revival to come to our community. He doesn't want a revival to come to America. He is trying to divide. And here's the point that you need to get. The enemy distracts and divides. 
The enemy is going to distract and divide, but God is going to unify us. There are so many things. If we got on our opinions and our controversies and all of those things, this whole room would be divided. Nobody would be on the same page if we focus on those. But if we can focus on the one thing that brings us all together, and that is Jesus, that is what brings unity. That is what brings revival. That is what brings hope back to our communities. We gotta stop being distracted. You gotta choose what area you're gonna go in. Cause it's, it's real easy to, there's so many opinions right now. It's real easy to really boast about your opinion, really boast about how you feel about this. And then, Jesus, well, Jesus has always been around, so I can share Jesus next month, you know. Right now, it matters if someone knows how I feel about a mask. Right now, it knows if, if, they, if they know how I'm gonna vote. That's what matters right now. And we put Jesus on the back burner. But the problem is, if you're always putting Jesus on the back burner, there's always gonna be something else that's gonna put him on the back burner. Maybe you're just waiting until you get through this job, and then, and then I'll, I'll really get involved in church when I start this new job. I'll, re- I'll really start doing this when my kids get older. Or, you know, maybe you're just trying to get through school. Once, once I graduate, I, I'll have time to read my Bible. I'll have time to do this. But that's not how it is. If we're not making God a priority now, if we're not putting him as a priority in our lives right now, We're not gonna do it later. There's always gonna be something else in the way. So we have to make a choice. We have to actively choose to take that step and to focus on Jesus. As a church body, we have to actively choose to focus on the one thing that is gonna unify us, the one thing that is gonna bring change, the one thing that'll make addicts set free, that will bring hope to this nation. We've been so busy standing our ground for our opinions. We haven't made the time to stand our ground for Jesus. And I think that's what, that's what the change needs to be in our hearts this morning. That's the change. And I'm sure this talks to me. I have a lot of opinions that I would like to share, but those really don't matter. This time next year, it's probably not gonna matter if I wear a mask to Dollar General or not. But if I share the hope of Jesus with somebody, that would change their life forever. If I invite somebody to church, that's what's gonna change. Our opinions don't change very much. They don't affect very much. But if we get all consumed by God, we get all consumed by who He is, His love for His people, His vision for His church, if we can focus on that one thing, that is where we're gonna have revival. Y'all can go ahead and stand.